Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. So every week we put out multiple episodes to help you on your jiu-jitsu journey. Now, it's a privilege for us to be in this position, but we want to ask one thing from you. And this is a very small gesture on your part, but it means the world to us. Simply hit the follow or subscribe button on whichever platform you enjoy this podcast on. It means the world to us. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. Q&A for BJJ. You have questions. We have some answers. What do we got, Joseph? Fling them through on the website if you got them. Bulletproofforbjj.com, podcast page, record a voicemail, get featured on this episode. First cab off the ranks come is James O'Connell. Joey, JT. I'm in a cemetery with my dog so you can chase squirrels, so the sound might be quite bad. Um, you've got dumbbells, only dumbbells, no other gym equipment. Which five exercises are you doing with those dumbbells which are applicable to BJJ? Good question, Straight James. up to the point. I want to know what kind of dog he's got. I'm thinking, is it a whippet or something? He's, I'm guessing he's in the UK. Uh, it sounds like a UK accent. Northern Hemisphere, English-speaking realm. Walk, walking around a graveyard with yeah, a dog. Dog chasing squirrels. Like, squirrels? Whippet? Where are you? You know, they love chasing the... I've got they a couple do. whippets. My guy... Come back at us. Let me know what dog you got. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's a good question. Which five exercises you got a couple of dumbbells? All right. So let's say, because sometimes when people have dumbbells, they'll have maybe a couple of smaller ones, a couple of medium ones, and then maybe two, one or two heavier ones, right? So I'm going to go a little bit uh, off script a little bit here because oh. of what I like to do with dumbbells. It's just me. I'm going to say a single arm overhead press with a pretty heavy dumbbell. So circus dumbbell is like a strongman thing, but like a single arm heavy press overhead is fucking... James, like one of them happens to be a circus dumbbell. <laughs> one of them happens That's to the be... That's the One of them happens to be 40 kilos. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, this is how I'm relating it in my mind. I like an overhead press, right? So that's, that's, that's a bit of a go-to. Um, I'm also going to say a, uh, a, like a version of a rack squat. So dumbbells at shoulder height, eh, not necessarily resting them on your shoulders, but squatting with the anterior load. Rack position. That's, that's, a, that's a toughie. Um, uh, a version of a deadlift, except hands are pronated, so you're, you're keeping the dumbbells very close to the shins, like a Romanian deadlift-ish from there. Uh, walking lunges, an asymmetrical, like a single-sided farmer's carry. And then... Okay, I said five. Is that five? I don't know. Keep going. No, get up, sit <laughs> the up. almanac. Get up, sit up. Get up, sit up. Totally underrated for core and shoulders. Just putting it out there. It's the business. Joey, you're five. I like that. Yeah, some... some uh, yeah, rack squat. Yep. 100%. I would put in a... Some kind of... Um, if the dumbbells weren't heavy enough that the deadlift was actually giving you enough stimulus sure. like enough intensity i would go to either a split stance or a single leg dead sure and i do actually really like dumbbell dumbbells for uh single leg deads just because more I range just, yeah just balance Lower. like it's kind of nicer than a barbell mm -hmm. um i'm gonna say i would go turkish get up 
I, I like oh, it. Yeah, I've yeah, set yeah, up yeah, yeah. just whole movement. I, I, I like it. What else would I put in there? Any? Oh, I think I'd have to have some kind of bent over row. Row. And I do really like the one you taught me, which we have in the app, um, which is like the bent row where you're holding like a like a plank position. Yeah. And then rowing there. That's, it's very difficult. Yeah. I mean, f- yeah. I would say amongst those, so I, you know, and then stealing a couple of yours. What, I got another one? Yeah, you got one in the tank. I got one more in the tank. Oh, if you had a heavy one, I would say a dumbbell push press. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we're getting that, that pressing stimulus, but that little bit knee of quad, drive, a yeah. little bit of core to extremity action, bit of power. Yeah. I do like that. Nice. But if, but if it wasn't heavy enough, then you'd go to a strict press. So take your pick. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, next cab off the ranks coming from Ghost. G'day, JT and Joey. Ghost here from Melbourne. Love the show. Really enjoy the content you put out, especially around recovery and mobility. So my situation, so I'm in my mid-30s. I've always been very active, lifted since I was in my early 20s, and been training jits for about eight years. Can't recall ever having more than a week off from training. The kind of guy who took my gym gear on my honeymoon. So my situation is this. Last week I had a procedure to remove a lump from my neck. Now, it's nothing to worry about. Totally benign. But my surgeon has said that under no circumstances am I to engage in physical activity for the next eight weeks. It's no lifting, no jits. I can't even go for a slow jog until the six-week mark. So the only activity that I'm able to do is stretching. So suppose what I'm looking for is any advice that you have around what I can do in these linearhood circumstances where there's an enforced layoff from exercise to try and keep up a base level of fitness and strength. Thanks, guys. All right. Ghost, respect, you're my guy. Man, f*** that surgeon. Get a second opinion. I go Tom Cruise on that shit. There's a story about Tom Cruise. He's <laughs> talking to Matt Damon. And Matt, you know, <laughs> Matt Damon does good impersonations. He's like, so I met Tom Cruise at a party and he's real intense. He's like, yeah, yeah, so we're shooting a movie. And uh, it's where I'm running around the building on the outside. I said to my safety guy, how can I do this? Safety guy said, you can't. So I got a new safety guy. <laughs> what the f*** is he talking about? Is it risk of infection? Like, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to do any kind of activity. Because obviously risk of infection is a thing and I don't know how bad the surgery was. But anyone says you can't do anything? That strikes me as strange because you have to live your life, right? And, and yeah. you might sweat if it's a hot day. You have to walk. You might have to pick up your kids. This idea that you do nothing for eight weeks sounds like bullshit to me. So It does sound like a, a broad brush stroke recommendation that they probably just give to everyone. I, I would ask for more specifics because obviously this guy doesn't understand you, Ghost, and doesn't understand that you were special recon and animal. Yeah, that's so ripped your voice box out with your bare hands. Come here, weak surgeon. Yeah, yeah. I think surgeons... Generally, respect to any surgeons listening. Generally, they Respectfully. don't. They're not focused on the rehab process. They're focused always on the surgical process. And so, usually, and I had this in my own experience, their advice post surgery is very general. And but the person that you would go to who who really has better advice is often a physiotherapist or relevant kind of similar practitioner because they deal with the rehab process. Mm. And I would think that. Maybe the surgeon wants you to not be like flexing the neck. And I, I was thinking about it as you were saying it and I'm like, man, even if you were doing like, I'm thinking like, what if we went heavy isolation work and just like leg like extensions, extensions and shit? I'm leg like, press. 
there's a case that you're like bracing and like flexing the neck. Maybe, maybe the the scenario is that you have to avoid those contractions through the neck, perhaps. But for sure, like even if you were doing some lightweight, high repetition work where you're keeping things relaxed, but you're chasing a pump and chasing Just that muscular in the legs. Yeah, yeah, like 30, 40 reps of, of leg extensions, leg press, hamstring curls, yeah. right? But I, I guess curls and shit. Like yeah, I, I guess the my question would be because I wouldn't I wouldn't accept that. I, I'd fight the surgeon, even with like I'd say, is this too much? And you want this? Like, is this too much strain, surgeon? And then I'd tear the stitches in my neck. Um, the risk of infection is always a big problem, right? If you've had, you know, they've cut you open. I don't know how close it is to your spine. You know, there's a lot of things we don't know here. All I'd say is I would get more clarity around okay what can i do why is it i can do nothing because obviously in day-to-day life you do sweat you do move you do lift so i would get probably a little bit more clarity around that i would say joey's right in say doing some just doing some pure isolation like getting in the gym doing some leg stuff but if it's about sweat bacteria and all of that then i think there is ways you can do it to minimize that yeah. So I think there is something you can do, but I would get a second opinion. That guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, just on that, like I had a friend who got a knee injury skiing and like not a not a training gym person at all, right? Um, a dad, a professional, copped a bit of a knee injury skiing, mm. went and saw a surgeon, which this is kind of a bad decision, but went and saw a surgeon first thing. And he went and saw one of the. He went and saw what he was told was the best knee surgeon in uh, in our state, New South Wales, and uh, that person is one of the top knee surgeons. Right, got the reputation, sure. been around for a long time. Now that surgeon said to him, "Oh, look, it, you know, they did scans or whatever. He said I can see a bit of damage here, but um, we don't need to do surgery. Like it's not that guy." And he said, "Okay, great. Like, should I go and see a physio?" And like, and he said, "Physio doesn't work." Oh. And he's like, well, what should I do? And he's like, just rest. Just take it easy for a couple of months and you should be fine. What? And he told me that and I'm like, who the f*** says physio doesn't work? Right? I'm like, that is like categorically the most incorrect response I could have given you. Like it just shows the narrowness of that person's view. And I'm not saying this is your surgeon, but we got to remember like that guy is by all standards, one of the best knee surgeons in this country. And he gave that advice. You're like, man, like there's... There's so many benefits to physio, even if there's actually no benefits beyond you just feeling like you're proactively doing something to help fix sure. your knee. That is a benefit. Yeah. It so is. it's yeah. So um, we got to take that advice with a grain of salt. Definitely don't unfollow their like. Don't go against their advice, but seek a second opinion. Yes, sir. Next one coming in hot. Who we got here? Justin. Hi, Joey and JT. So I was listening to your. Uh your episode on stupid injuries. This is Justin from New Orleans, Louisiana in the States, by the way. Shout out. And uh, I've been training for a little while on the white belt. Um, you know, I own a construction company. I'm about 210 pounds. So I was pretty, pretty competitive rolling with, with some of the, the guys, the white belts and blue belts. And, and I was doing fairly well. And, and uh, I ended up getting paired up in the rolls with this monster of a purple belt. And I thought, all right, I don't want to get submitted but, but I'm going to try and get this guy. And I did. Um, I, I, I won, I suppose, in that I choked him out. But uh, the next day, I just, my left wrist started hurting. And it just got worse and worse. And I thought I broke it. And I got an x-ray and I didn't. But 
Um, I've been trying to rehab it for three months and I won, I suppose, in the sense that I, I sort of defeated this, this, uh, this big old higher belt, but now I haven't been able to train for three months and I'm trying to rehab this stupid thing. And it's, uh, it's a little bit of a pride before the fall, I guess. So that's my dumb, uh, injury. And I very much appreciate all you're doing. I just got the program loaded up on the app. So, uh, hopefully I'll be connecting with you again soon. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. Justin. Awesome. Yeah, man, New Orleans. I've always wanted to go there. Man, they say it is. Yeah, right. It's just totally, it's so unique. Uh, to the rest of America. Yeah. New York is its own place and New Orleans is, is such a new, different place. But there is a cost, right? I love that. Yes. Um, first thing, like, yeah, the win-lose thing, right? In train, Try not to look at it like that, right? You got him. You got him on that. You got that big yeah. belt on that day. Yeah. Uh, but you but, paid a price. Yeah. And that's the thing. I've, I've done it before. Actually, I hurt my thumb. I was doing a, like a bow and arrow choke, but my grip was shitty. And I, but I just... I was like, I've got this choke, and if but if I let go and try and regrip, I'm gonna lose it. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna just get this crank, this choke on, and it's like maximum thumb strain. And I did get the tap on the guy, but then afterwards, I was like, oh, I can't. Now I can't use my hand. <laughs> I because in the heat of the moment, you're like, I have to tap this guy, and I understand that the the competitive person in me. When I say the competitive person in me, I just mean myself. Um, I relate. Win, go for it. But construction company, man, I, just, I can just picture the size of your forearms, <laughs> Justin. Just, just crushing just, dudes. Cargo shorts <laughs> at the mall, huge calves, big yeah. forearms. Once you grab a hold of someone, game, that, that game is not getting broken. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the hardest thing with wrist because I've 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 had some wrist irritation before. You've got so many bones around that area, and a lot of what can cause your wrist to tighten up is like connective tissues, tight forearms can lead to compression in the wrists and sore wrists suck, especially if you have a, a labor intensive job. You, you're using your hands and your wrists all the time, so you really feel it, right? And jujitsu, for most people, they don't get, even though it's an up close and personal thing, jujitsu, people don't get massage. People are like, oh, no, I can't have someone put their hands on me. But getting treatment on whether it be finger injuries. People actually say that. Oh, well, I, no, people have intimacy issues. Like, oh, God, I don't <laughs> it's weird, right? Because we do jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of funny, but as long as it's a woman. Like, relax, bro. I'm just joking you off. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> if you don't relax, <laughs> you're not going to be able to come. It's simple. <laughs> come on, it'd be a lot easier for everyone if you just relaxed. No, seriously, though. Don't relax too much now. <laughs> it's really important that you are actually getting some treatment on it. Like, just saying, all right, I'm just going to do some exercises may not be enough because doing a certain amount of exercise and stretching is good, but you're trying to get some blood flow in there to help heal the tissues, whatever you've done. We don't know the nature of your injury. So that would be my advice. Get treatment on the forearms, massage on the forearms, on the hand and around the joint. I think that will speed your recovery. Yeah, and uh, Justin, I say that because Louisiana. Sure. Da- Dastin. Is that how Khabib said it, huh? Oh, I Dastin. <laughs> But, yeah, he did say he was rehabbing it, so I, but he didn't specify, right, what was going on. So I would say, yeah, if you were just doing your own stuff, go get some of that. I, I also find, too, that for those kinds of injuries that are – it sounds like it's kind of, I don't know, one of those kind of cumulative things that becomes a problem and it's a bit hard to identify, but it's nagging. 
I do find that regular treatment from someone who can either put hands on it, so solid massage or like needling goes a long way, always. Definitely. And look, man, we're so stoked uh, to have you doing our program. Uh, that's awesome. But what I would say is even though you will be able to work around it, don't ignore it because yeah. that, that can just become a real long-term problem which we wouldn't want for you to have. Yeah, and we see that a lot. And particularly if you are in construction, you probably, maybe not now so much because you, cause you, uh, you run in the company, mm. but I'm guessing in the early days you were on the tools on a lot. The tools. And what we see from people that swing and hammers and working hand tools a lot is that they get really strong, but they also get very tight in the wrists because you think you're like constantly using this structure to apply force to the tool, whatever it is that you're doing. And usually it's like, this kind of range is okay, like where you're flexing in, but the extension of your wrist and fingers sucks. And so like if I'm looking at a at low hanging fruit in terms of like rebuilding and, and kind of um, addressing some of that dysfunction, it's just like gentle stretching and like a, a lot of it. Yes. And particularly post jits after you've been gripping a lot. And a little caveat on that and actually the person who pushed this a lot, which is just totally random, Juji Mufu, did a whole ebook on hanging. Now, I don't know how you turn that into an ebook because obviously it's just very simple, but he was just saying for wrists, elbows, shoulders, and I mean, we promote it as well. But if you can, even though it requires grip, uh, you hanging will actually act to decompress the joint, which is helpful because we don't spend much time doing that. There it is. My guy. Guys, if you want to leave us a voicemail, Go to the website, bulletproofofbjj.com, podcast tab, scroll down a little bit. You'll see the button there. Hit it, big red one. Leave us a message and we'll feature you on next week's episode. Much love. Peace. Thanks, guys. Peace.